Good morning. Let me uh, synchronize my watch for the next two hours here. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, turn your Bibles to Matthew 25, verse 14. And like Reese said, this message was intended for the Spanish speaking only. But perhaps God wanted everybody to hear what He has to say through me. Yes? Are you guys there? You guys like my tie? I had to wear it because someone very special to me gave it to me for Christmas and I promised that I would. Matthew 25, 14. The Bible says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and set all accounts with him. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with the two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I have harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest. Take that talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What an incredible story. You know, I hope that you had a great Christmas. I know I did. But you know, Christmas is over. It's over and the upcoming year is around the corner. And we have to be ready for the year. Usually the way you start your year is an indication of how it's going to go. So we have to start it right. In the Latin sector, we have a theme, a theme for the year, and it's there. There. You know, and obviously it implies a lot of things, so today we're going to talk about one thing. And you know, we can learn a lot of uh, things from the financial world, right? 
A lot of spiritual lessons. Kind of like Jesus did here. He was talking about money. He was talking about talents. He was talking about doing things. But you know, one of the things that we need to understand is how to invest. And the title of this message this morning is Dare to Invest and Not Waste What You Have Been Given. Did you get that? Dare to invest and not waste what you have been given. It's very important. And there's three things, basic things, when you, do, you make an investment. One, you got to know what you're going to invest, what you have to invest. Two, you got to know where and how you're going to invest. Right? Yeah. And three, you got to know what you are expecting from your investment. You can't just throw your money away and not, you know, don't expect anything in return. You got to know what you're expecting in return. So let's talk about those things. Number one, what do you have to invest? Well, you know, God has given us something very precious. Only He can give us. And that is our lives. And it might be a little bit broad and stuff, but you know what? Really, in 2014, we have to invest our lives. We have to invest our lives. And we have to know how to do it. And you know, God doesn't just give us our lives and say, go invest it. He gives us the tools as well. And one of the greatest tools that He gives us so that we can invest our lives is our spirit. If you turn over to 2 Timothy 1.7. Are you guys there? Come on now. I am excited. I don't know if you can tell to be up here. Please say amen when you get there. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Isn't that awesome? That's so awesome. That's the spirit that you have, that I have, that we all have. A spirit, not of timidity, but of power, of love, of self-discipline. And it's interesting how he describes us, the spirit that he gives us, right? He starts by saying what the spirit is not. You know why? Because we have the tendency of being negative right away. We have the tendency of doubting right away. We have the tendency of saying, you know what, we can't do that. And God says, enough. Don't even try. I'm giving you a spirit that it has no timidity in it. You get that? No timidity. Why would he say that? Well, you know, when you think of someone who's timid, you think of someone who's secluded. Someone who's an individual. Someone who does not want to coexist, coexist with others. Someone who, who is afraid. Someone who doesn't like to be challenged. Somebody who says things like, you know what? That's your thing, that's mine. Leave me alone, I'll do my own thing. That's timidity. It's not a virtue, folks. It's not good. To be timid. You know, someone who is timid is also really, really sad. 
They have the most stress in their lives. You know why? Because they hide everything inside them. They hide, they hide everything they have. Just like the guy, the third guy who hid his money. He was afraid. You know, someone who's timid is just like that. Think about all the people that you know. The circle of friends and family you have. Who do you worry the most for? The guy who's always talking? The guy who's always saying everything that's on his mind and it's his heart? And sometimes they say foolish things, right? But at least it's coming out. <laughs> or the guy who's right there in the corner? Serious. You don't know what's on his mind. You don't know what's on his heart. You don't know what he's thinking. Secluded, alone, by himself. Right? You know, they become almost like ticking bombs. Because they're timid. You know, in my own family, uh, one of, I don't worry about one of my sons. Because he talks like, oh my goodness. Everything comes out and sometimes he does say foolish things. But at least it's out. But I had another son who was kind of like that, timid. And we had to work really hard to help him to express himself. Because he was keeping a lot of stuff inside. And that is not good. That's not healthy. That's why God says that He's given us a spirit, not of timidity. We're not supposed to be acting like that. We're supposed to be extroverts, not introverts. It's not a spirit of timidity, but it's a spirit of power. You get that? The next word he uses is power. Do you know someone who's powerful? You do. I'm going to show you why. Everybody knows someone who's powerful. Let me tell you something. You're powerful. Do you know someone who comes into the room and everybody looks at him? They want to get to know him? They want to know what's on his mind? When he's about to speak, everybody... Silence, right? Everybody quiets down. Because they want to know what's on his mind, on his heart. That's someone who's powerful. Do you know somebody who walks with faith? Who, you look at his life, he goes, Man, everything goes well for that dude. <laughs> Do you know somebody who has been beaten up by life? Through sickness, through poverty... Through a disaster. And yet, he gets right back up and faces life with great gusto, great enthusiasm. And he goes through life, bring it on, baby. You know, that's somebody with power. The problem with us is that we think of power as, you know, parting the Red Sea. Or walking on water. Or healing the sick. You know what, that's a, a form of power. But we got the other power as well. The power that allows you to be here, to face life each and every day. You are powerful. You are. You were made in God's image, folks. You are powerful. It's a spirit of power. It's a spirit of power. You know, the other characteristic of the Spirit is love. Which I think, in my opinion, is the hardest one. Because love is, is, is so crucial for everything. 
right? It covers a multitude of sins and it, 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 it accepts everything, it forgives everything. Like in 1 Corinthians 13 says, but it's really tough. It's tough. It's tough to love. Because when you love, right, it, you gotta, it, it takes out so much out of yourself. It requires sacrifice. It requires time. It requires for you to love over and over and over and over and over and over and over. You get that? Over and over and over and over. You know, but we got to do it. We got to do it because God did it for us. And He keeps doing it for us. We got to love. We got to invest in that love in 2014, folks. We got to. We got to give our best and love people like that. Let me flip my page. Thank you. You know, love is dangerous, though. It has an element like an investment. In one instant, you could lose everything. Right? In an investment, in one instant, you're up here, and the Dow and the Jones are up here, and, you know, you're making money, baby. And the next day, pfft, it crashes. Zero balance. Negative. You know, when it comes to love and relationship, folks, in, un, in one instance, see, I was going to say a Spanish word. Yeah. In, in one instance, in an instant, you can be betrayed. Your heart can be broken. Right? You can be disappointed. Somebody can take your heart and just smash it and twist it and, and just, oh, ugly. And all that effort of loving, of loving, in one instant gone. And sometimes it could be very disappointing, very discouraging. Right. There was a young man who, uh, who's of age and he, he likes girls now. And he told me that, uh, you know what, I don't think I could give my heart away completely, 100% to our relationship. And I said, why? He said, because I'm afraid that my heart's going to get broken. If it doesn't work out, I'm afraid that I'm going to be disappointed. I'm afraid to start over again. And I said, you know what? Oh, and then he said, uh, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, give part of my heart to one person, to one girl, and then another part to another girl, and another part to another girl, and another part to another girl, and you know, if this doesn't work, then I'll go to the next one, and i go to the next one, and i go to the next one. You know, I was like, what? <laughs> That's what, that was my reaction. I was laughing. I was like, what? <laughs> and I said, I said, you know what, young man? You can't do that. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Because when God loved us, He gave us His very best. Number one. He gave us His very best. He loved us 100% of the time. Just look at the cross, right? Number two. We can't compare ourselves to what the world says about love. You can't love people because according to the article you read this morning, or the internet, 
or the television or the radio or even your friends or that you know psychologists not that I'm putting down psychology I think it's awesome but I'm just saying how about if we ask advice from the author of love from the creator of love and get his advice from him I think your chances are pretty high that you're going to be successful in loving people I go number two you can't do that either because the person that you're trying to give your heart away will see how fake you are they'll know that you're not giving a hundred percent they'll read right through you and you will never be loved a hundred percent yourself it won't happen and I said and number three if indeed you give a hundred percent of your heart into the relationship and it doesn't work out and you walk away with a broken heart and disappointed perhaps it's God teaching you how to love unconditionally that's pretty good love is so crucial guys we have to invest in love in 2014 and then the last characteristic of the spirit is self-discipline have you ever been next to someone who has self-discipline it's refreshing You know, the, sometimes the people in the world, your co-workers or whatever like that, people that don't know God, they're so, f they're flakes. Right? They say one thing and do another. They have an appointment and they cancel for menial things. They just come across fake. Someone who has a spirit of self-discipline is awesome. It's refreshing. You know, self-discipline allows you to have the character to live out your convictions. Self-discipline allows you to have the character to do the right thing in front of people and especially when you're by yourself. Right? When you're not supposed to click that button and you put it away. That's self-discipline, folks. You know, you have it. I have it. We have that spirit. We can do it. You know, self-discipline allows you to make strong, wise, firm, solid, radical, faithful decisions. And not emotional ones. You understand that? A lot of the times the problem is that we let our emotions guide our lives. Where does that get you? Self-discipline, the way I see it, is like a vessel, like a tunnel that allows the, the love and the power of the Spirit go through. You know, it goes through with force, with power to a specific destination. That's what self-discipline does. Have you ever been... Have you ever loved so much, done so many things at once, you feel like an octopus and everybody's trying to pull you in different ways and, you know, and then at the end of the day you feel like all your efforts 
All your efforts are, are not taking the effect that you want them to. Perhaps it's because they're not focused with power. Because perhaps we're lacking self-discipline. Self-discipline allows the power and the love to be focused. So you can be as effective for God that you can possibly be. It's awesome. Self-discipline. It's incredible. I love it. So this is a tool that we have to use so that we can invest our lives in 2014 properly. Okay? The spirit that you have and that I have. We have it, folks. We have to unleash it. Let the spirit run your lives. Secondly, where are you going to invest? And how? Where? Where do you live? You know where you live? You know that house you live? That apartment you live? How about we start there? How about we start investing in our own home? Ask your, 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 your family. Ask your wife and your husband and your children and your roommate. Am I a man or woman of power? Of love or self-discipline? Ask him that. And when they tell you the truth, don't get mad at them. <laughs> don't get mad. Don't get an attitude. Just say amen, change, and do your best. But ask. Start investing in your own home. How about your neighborhood? Do you know your neighbors? If you don't, why not? Why not invest there? How about, your, how about at work? Invest there. How about when you go to the doctor? Right? How about when you go to the market? How about when you go to the park? How, how about when you go on vacation? Where do we need to invest our lives? Everywhere we go. And then it comes the how. How do we invest our lives? How do we use that Holy Spirit? How do we use that? How do we do it? I was watching a movie. And there was a, a conversation between uh, uh, two people. One man who was very successful. Good heart man, hearted man. But very successful. And he was talking to a very humble lady. And the lady asked the gentleman, What do you think the secret of life is? Look, everybody's thinking about it. Yeah, what's the secret of life? And so he thought about it. He goes, you know, I think to be happy. To find happiness. And the lady looked at him with, you know, compassion. He's like, no, you're wrong. What do you mean to find happiness? I know a lot of people that do bad things and they're happy. Right? That can't be it. She said, the, pur the purpose of life is to be useful. Is to make a difference in this world. How? By serving. Did you get that? By serving. You know, Matthew 20, 28 says that Jesus did not come here to be served, but to serve. 
Everybody has the ability, the capability and the ability to serve. Everybody. If you don't do anything in 2014, please serve. Just serve. Invest your life that way. Just serve. I gotta confess. I gotta confess. I gotta let out, you know. I don't wanna be timid. I confess. Friday night, we had the choir at my house. And, uh, and I gotta tell you, I, I, I started to, uh, uh, to struggle a little and I complained. I, I complained in my heart. Because I didn't want a lot of people in my house and they want to bring their families and the kids and stuff like that. And really, my heart was not in it. Very shameful to say. So everybody arrived. I was at the store. When I came back, uh, everybody was there already. And you know what? When I came in, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm not making this up, but I felt this love and this warmth. It, it was awesome. I started saying hello to people and stuff like that. And at the same time, you know, I felt God going, Hey, hey, you still feel the same way? You know? What are you doing? You know, I felt that. And I had to excuse myself to another room and ask God for forgiveness. I really did. I was serving, you know, being hospitable and, and lending out my house and stuff. And I remember a year and a half ago, I told God, God, if you give me this house, I'm going to serve with it. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and it's going to be a lot of people and everything all the time. And it's going to be awesome. I'm never going to complain. <laughs> you know, a year and a half later. I found myself with a very selfish heart. But you know, even in the midst of that, after I asked God for forgiveness, I went back out and I had such a great time. I laughed so much with the brothers, with Oscar Mendez, Victor Arrevalo. I was just laughing. And then all the choir was, was singing karaoke, so I was laughing even more. I was like, unbelievable. But you know, even in the... In the midst of my selfishness, God was investing in me. He didn't give up on me. I told God I wasn't going to complain again about my house. But you know, everybody has the ability to serve. And I don't know what your ability is. The Bible says that He gave these people according to their ability. You have an ability to serve. Whether it's, you know, with a, with, with a card or, or, or a or a word of encouragement, or a hug, or a prayer, or you give somebody some, you know, food to eat, or something. We all have the ability to serve. Let's put that in practice in 2014. And lastly, what do you expect from your investment? What do you expect? You have to expect something. Well, we can talk about the normal tangibles, yes? Perhaps a better marriage. You know? Perhaps just peace in your home. No screaming. No fits of rage. Just joy. You know? Joy in your home. Perhaps kids, 
your kids that are obedient, or kids that are trying to find out their faith on their own, and they're in the right path. You know, that's encouraging. You invest your life like that, I promise you, you start seeing the returns. How about a family member coming to Christ? How about a co-worker coming to Christ? You know, you change their lives here on earth, and you change their destiny eternally as well. Wow! That's a great return for my investment! That's awesome! But I think the most important thing that we want from our investment is that one day, huh? One day, God can tell us what? Huh? Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Come and share. Come and share the happiness of your master. How about that in your tombstone? Wouldn't that be awesome? Here lies such and such. Good and faithful servant. He left to share the happiness of his master. Whoa! I wouldn't even cry at that funeral. I'd be like, man! Dude, I'm a little envious. You know, what's up with that? Look, if you're visiting us here today, I encourage you to study the Bible. I encourage you to open up the scriptures. I encourage you to see what God has in store for you. It will change your life. You need to have that same spirit. Right? And God will teach you how to access that power, that love, the self-discipline. Don't wait any longer. Study the Bible. Become a Christian. You won't regret it. Your investment, you will be... Your return for your investment will be more than you can expect. And if you're a Christian, I pray, I pray that he doesn't look at us and go, Hey, you worthless people! (laughs) We don't want that. No, we want him to say, Well done, good and faithful servant. You know what? You've been in charge... I will put you in charge of more because you've done well with the little that I gave you. How about 2014? Being blessed over and over and over and over and over and over because you've done well with the things that God has given you. You understand that, folks? 2014. Dare to invest and not waste what you have been given. Happy New Year. Thank you.